Hi everyone, and welcome to the Chicago Techies podcast, a podcast focused on highlighting the voices of Chicago Techies and their experiences. I'm your host, Ceci Fisher Benitez, and I'm really excited to have you here. I also want to give you a heads up. Our audio is still a little funky because of our virtual chats, but I hope you still enjoy it. On today's episode, I have another friend of mine. His name is Rishabh Krishna. He is a senior software engineer at Innova. Thank you, Rishab, for joining me on this uh, journey and this, this new podcast that I got going on. Um, I've been looking forward to chatting with you all week, um, and I'm excited to learn even more about you um, and for the audience to also get to know who you are and uh, your journey. I think I was so thrilled to meet you initially when we first met because um, at the beginning, I and I'm going to be completely honest, you know, when you join a new organization, you feel like you gravitate to the people that look like you, right? Mm-hmm. Like the people you want to get to know them first and, and see what their journey is like. And so you don't go out of your way to meet other people that are different than you. When I met you, um, we didn't initially we, like talk right away, but we yeah. talked mm-hmm. after a few weeks. Um, and then when I finally started to get to know you and talking to you about your values and the things that you believe in and the things that you appreciate and enjoy, I was floored. I, you know, like I was like, wait, um, this guy is so much like myself and like, and we are, you know, he's just, just like me. And he's like, we have, we believe in the same things. And it's just like, it just, I really had to check my own biases about, mm-hmm people that I don't immediately approach. And I was so thrilled to kind of met, meet someone like you and, and like that I just, I wouldn't normally think would go out of my way to do that. So, Thank you. It means so yeah, much. you know, and, and I really wanted to talk about that because I feel like um, we don't really gravitate to those people mm-hmm. at first. You. Um, You're so right. There are a lot of biases that, we are just not aware of until we face them. Uh, and yeah. uh, it's, it's just nice to, it's just nice to have a self check. Yeah. So thank you, Sisi. Yeah, no, it's, it's good to connect with people and really, and have these open and honest conversations because that's really how you get to know that person, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, anyway, so let's get started. So yeah. um, why don't we start with your name, your pronouns, where you're from, and whatever you like to share. Uh, sure. So thank you, Cece, for having me, first of all. Uh, my name is Rishav Krishn. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, his. I was born and brought up in a small town back in India. Uh, it's called Ranchi. Growing up, it was like a typical you know, Indian household where uh, your parents are trying to shape your future. Yeah. <laughs> uh, grades are so important and things like that. So what was it like to grow up in India for you from a young age until about college? Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, as I was saying, a typical household, uh, it was uh, more like, you know, good grades are important uh, because if you don't get good grades, uh, a typical middle class is not going to get a job and if you're not going to get a job you're not going to be successful and all those kind of things uh, also i 
was born and brought up in a joint family so like a big family where all the uncles and aunts stayed mm-hmm. together so everybody knew my grades <laughs> uh, and uh, uh my my parents they are the eldest in their family so my mom is the eldest in her family my dad is the eldest in his family so i was the eldest in like the combined family as well so there was a lot of unsaid pressure i will not deny that yeah. i mean i don't think so they imposed it on me it was more like self imposed but there was some pressure there definitely was some pressure i can imagine i mean i can imagine all of your family knowing your grades <laughs> that's terrifying to me <laughs> it it is terrifying like so th- th- this was the other reason why i never had to go out to like a tuition or coaching you know other than school like because i had help at home my uncles would help me with mathematics my mom would help me with arts and science and dad would help with, with mathematics too so it was never like i can like hide my report card or my grades with people so it 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 was it it was fun it was fun but i think it it was a pressure scenario like okay why aren't you doing good in mathematics why aren't you doing good in science a typical yeah. indian household yeah trust me on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well i i'm kind of curious about your you mentioned already you know college and i know that you actually did go to college in india but then you also came to america for your masters degree right? yes yes um, can correct. you talk about that college process in india versus the process here in the us and what made you decide to come to the, the us for your masters definitely definitely that is one of the defining moments of my life so uh growing up this was the thing that my parents and i'm pretty sure a lot of indian parents tell their children is like you know high school is what's important once you get through high school everything is a bed of roses not true when you go to college it's the same stuff oh you just need to breeze through college and then you land a job and everything is you know set and through that's not the case that is never the case so it's it's always a constant you know learning experience or struggle and you always have to like level up if life's a game you kind of just level up every time um the the thing in india is it's a hugely populated country so there's a lot of competition right from the point you're growing up you know i always knew i wanted to get into you know an engineering college the process was a little bit intimidating i would say because you apply for all these engineering colleges and then there are entrance examinations that are separate so you kind of take those exams uh, and let's say there are like 100000 students appearing each year and the good colleges are done in like the top 5% so like 20000 uh and there are different universities who hold different examinations but as of today i think it's more like a unified one the difference from the education system i would say there was not a lot of uh practical experience experience or you know like field experience internship opportunities kind of things uh in india as compared to here 
one of the reasons why I wanted to come for a master's to America was because of the cultural mix. I really wanted to experience uh, the different types of cultures and, you know, that cultural exchange to just learn more. I mean, I could have got a degree at any other country, but the kind of cultural mix that is there in America, and that's what I think was more lucrative to me, uh, because if it's not home, it's it's away. It's 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 Europe or America or South America or someplace. But that was one thing that I really wanted to experience, and I've been really blessed to have great friends. Um, so you mentioned that you wanted to go into engineering in an early age. Like how yes. how young were you when you knew? Uh, I think about yeah, eighth or ninth grade. Eighth or ninth grade. That's young. That was young. Uh, yeah, so the other thing was I liked mathematics. I really love mathematics. Precursor to that, I really love music. So mm-hmm. mathematics was the only thing which I could, you know, study and listen to music at the same time. Because for everything else, I would have to kind of read. Uh, but mathematics was more like practicing once you know the theorems, the laws, even physics. Uh, chemistry, balancing equations for those matters. So those things were like, okay, these are the things that I can do if I'm listening to music. And then I think in this, we were introduced to programming in the sixth grade. Uh, the language I think was basic. I think it was basic up until my 10th grade and 11, 12th was C, C++. Uh, that was the time when I, you know, enjoyed more programming because, uh, I didn't have a computer until my first year of engineering, like the freshman year. So uh, the only time I had was write and practice all the programs that I could on like paper, like today's interviews, whiteboarding. And then whenever you have the lab, which was at max one hour or maybe two hours a week, and that is the time, that is all the time I had to like run everything. Uh, so that was an incentive. And I was like, yeah, I, I think I like this stuff. Computer games was the other thing. I didn't have a computer. There were only computer games at the universe. I, I mean, at my school, uh, which uh, my computer teacher was lenient enough for me because uh, her idea was if you can finish whatever assignment I have given you, you can play a game. And the only game that was available that time was VCOP2. It was called Virtual Cop 2. Very basic. You right click, it loads the gun, and then you shoot the bad guys. But I loved it. Maybe that's, then. <laughs> that's so different from like Mexico, because in Mexico, we didn't have like even uh, an introduction to any kind of computer like it from oh. first to seventh grade okay. uh, I, well I went sixth grade actually I went to school in Mexico from first to sixth grade uh-huh. um, and then I moved here in seventh and eighth grade but even here in seventh and eighth grade I only learned typing they only taught taught us uh-huh. typing. okay uh, so okay. India was like way ahead of like anyone else <laughs> well uh, I went to a private school though so mm. I I don't think so the government schools even today I mean, they are definitely doing better than the back in the day. 
So, Patra. yeah. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience uh, moving to the U.S. and how was that process like for you? Because I honestly have no idea what oh how okay. visas work or how any you know like how. Yes. Um, yeah. It it was a tedious process. I I have no shame in saying that it was <laughs> a tedious process. It was also a little bit financially exhausting. Uh, so the process back in the day started with you had to take a GRE, which was graduate record examination, and then a TOEFL, which was test of English or the foreign language. And that was just like 2%. I mean, it was portrayed that this is the thing that you have to get done. But uh, once you do that, then you have to go and get letters of recommendations uh, from your your professors, even your friends. Uh, the problem was even in 2012, 11-ish or 10-ish when I started the process, it was, it, I mean, my professors were still not very, you know, tech savvy where being in different cities, I can work with them on emails to get my recommendations and stuff like that. So that was one Part, which was like, I mean, that also taught me the lesson of, you know, you should network, you should stay in touch, you should build relations because how, how, you, how else are you going to get that sort of recommendation or, you know, guidance from people? That was one. The next was uh, showing like financial uh, records that, when you're coming to a different country, a new country, you can take care of all your expenses, living as well as tuition. And uh, honestly, uh, those figures, I personally believe are a little bloated because uh, the idea is you're going to probably live by yourself, own a car and things like that. So all those expenses add up, but I was coming as like a student. So I didn't have a lot of expectation that, oh, I'm going to live a life. My whole idea was I'm going to do a master's. Uh, master's was like first quarter cultural, uh, first semester cultural shock, uh, trying to get to know the culture, which you have seen in movies and heard in talks, but it's a very different thing experiencing it firsthand. Second semester was, well, you need to work on your grades, uh, trying to make up for the last semester and then look for internships or co-ops like extended internship by the time you're done with that it's a quarter away when you're ready to graduate so so why don't uh -huh. we uh switch gears and talk about the resources that have helped you along the way in your career either here in the united states or in india whatever you want to talk about sure sure definitely so uh for my tech roles, I would say my mentorships have been really, really meaningful. Uh, the best resource around you are people. And uh, as much as you can, you know, utilize those people around you and experiences, I, I consider them the best resources. Uh, I... I do a lot of philosophical reading and stuff like that here and there. So this thing that I had read once that every child is born into this world 
by knowing only how to breed. Everything else is acquired over the period of time. And they are all experiences. So it doesn't matter uh, if uh, you are young or old or, you know, mid-age or whatever. It's all about experiences. A lot of times I've seen people being stuck on, oh, my mentor needs to be a little bit maybe older, more experienced than me. Well, they don't have to go hand in hand. Age and experience doesn't have to come hand in hand. It can be separate. And that's what's important. So, uh, I mean, a simple example is my cousins, they are way younger. They are way good with, you know, photography and Instagram and all these cool stuff. I'm not, but if I want to learn something of that, maybe tomorrow I want to do a food blogging using Instagram. I would, I, I would probably not find anybody older than me who's doing that as efficiently as my cousins who are way younger and way more experienced, you know? Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. I, that's actually one of the things that Jimena and I talked about. And you know Jimena, oh, so yes, uh, we yes. talked about mentorship and how, you know, we don't believe that someone older than you can has to be a mentor. It can be, any, a, uh-huh. peer, it can be a mentor, peer mentorship relationship that you have with anyone else. So uh-huh. that's exciting. I would love to see uh, Rishab Foodie, you know, blog. I think. <laughs> uh, I, I I can try. I can try. <laughs> I I don't know if I got to tell you. I I went plant based in November, what? and I've been trying to stick with yeah veganism. Uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, and it it's working good. I mean, honestly, I used to love meat. But I was watching a lot of documentaries and reading a lot of books, you know, don't tell me blogs that. and books. Yeah, don't, yeah, I, don't I would. Tell me that. Because my mom, if I went in that like, that route, my mom would disown me. <laughs> well, no, but you know, I, I, I hear you. All the Mexican food is just like, no, nah, bro. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, it's easier for me because I'm away from home. Like, I mean, it. I mean, when I say home, I mean India, home, Ranchi. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if I go back, I don't know what I'll be doing there because people are going to try to feed me stuff. But for now, I'm like trying to stick to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's transition into what have been some of the struggles that you faced in the tech industry, kind of as an immigrant, as someone that holds a visa, sure. as... Um, Someone that is not originally from here. You know, what are some of the struggles that you've faced? Uh, Yeah, the initial struggles were basically, you know, uh, getting job interviews. Uh, Like, I was not used to networking and reaching out to people on LinkedIn. Uh, It was, I, I only had one job right out of college. That was one challenge where accepting that it's okay to reach out and there's no shame in asking people for help or mentorship program because uh, there's the saying that if you if you want to know how well you understand something try explaining it to somebody else because if if you cannot explain it to somebody else in a good way probably you don't understand it either so it goes the same way for the person who's either mentoring you or trying to help you you know trying to find a job or trying to coach you things like that so the first struggle was maybe a cultural bias that uh, I don't think so. I'm comfortable asking for help. Um, then I think was 
the other one that comes to mind is uh you know when you're looking for a job and applying for jobs all these job descriptions and requirements uh that you see they were really overwhelming especially for somebody who was not around from here or who had just moved in a couple of years ago was still trying to get used to stuff it was overwhelming especially with the fact that for example let's say i had 3 years of experience back in india and when i was looking for a role for uh like a two year experience position of something uh the amount of requirements that was specified in the job description was i mean humanly impossible it felt like they required technology a b c and d and then you should also have you know some experience with some infrastructure with uh, cloud platforms with uh, a hybrid model and this and that and i was like uh, am i supposed to know this like with a two year experience which kind of you know starts uh starts arising this feeling of uh, self doubt and i was like i mean are people out in the industry no things like this in just two years and i was like that's no way i mean it's like the company is saying had you worked for us for like last two years you would have uh, worked with all these things and i know that's not true i mean unless the company is just holding a two year training session for you where they're trying to just educate you with everything that's not possible so uh, after a while i just started ignoring the requirements you know not the job description which we'll come to later but uh, i just started ignoring the job requirements and only focused on the description and just applied to anything that i was remotely interested in and it was surprising how many calls i got when i didn't even meet half the requirements on paper uh and they went well and we proceeded with the interview round so that first hurdle of being intimidated by this description was just blown away and uh, even with the description i think having worked in the industry for some time now it's very much like the position that you enter as is definitely not going to be the same a year from now you're going to definitely be working into an evolved role after a year or so so one should not beat oneself up for oh am i going to be good enough for this project am i going to be good enough for the team it's okay everybody's learning everybody's trying to get the job done uh so yeah that was one thing <laughs> yeah i mean that's um, that's humbling that you also had um, you. that overwhelming sensation because i don't know if you know but they're like women like most women feel like if they don't meet all of those requirements mm-hmm. they're not going to apply but a man usually would look at the descriptions and the requirements and if they meet like four of the 20 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or four of the 10 you. you know yeah. four of the 10 they would apply immediately and that i think that's the difference between immigrants and women and minorities really versus uh-huh. i agree you know them and that's that's uh that's humbling that you also had a, had that experience so you are a senior software te- uh, engineer uh-huh. um and it took you you know so your career has been long it's a long yeah, yeah. process to get there as a uh-huh. senior software engineer um i want you to think back uh-huh. to um 
before you started that one role where that you became a software engineer? Looking back, what would you say to yourself? Couple of things. Uh, one which I think we should just remind ourselves even today, every day, is that people are judged. People are going to judge you anyway. Uh, there is only so much that is in your control, uh, which is like hard work and you know self persistence. The outcome is never in your control, so there's no point creating a fuss about it or just beating yourself up about it. Uh, even if people are so even if you do your best, you, the outcome might not be what you were expecting, and then people are going to judge you anyway. There's this one quote which I feel, had I known sooner, I would have been happier, was that one day reality will be better than your dreams. Uh, and that is like, goes back to the same points, that your outcome is not in your control. You're going to be judged anyway. So one day reality will be better than your dreams. It is going to be, and it might be different, but it's again going to be a new experience. So I like that. Um, you know, yeah. I think uh, we all get so wrapped up in wanting to be perfect and wanting to do well. And yes, sometimes it's just, it's okay if you can. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, uh, as I was saying, self-doubt is the worst doubt because when you start doubting yourself, you start beating yourself up. Just take it easy on yourself, you know, like, it's okay. You messed up, fine. Everybody messes up. So what? Nothing. It 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 goes on. You, life goes on or whatever you are on goes on. As long as you don't give up on yourself, you'll make it. Yeah. So let's move to... Um... What's next for you? What's next for Rishab and what are your future goals? You know, what do you have in mind? Uh, I mean, definitely guitar at some point. I want to learn how to play guitar, maybe keyboard. I don't know. Uh, I, and given this uh, quarantine time, I think those are the things that I think about, like, you know, I should probably get to those things sooner than later because you never know. Yeah. Uh, I also want to see a healthier version of myself in time, like work out, eat healthy, uh, just feel better, more present in the moment kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, uh, let me just say yeah. that you are a super cool person already. So thank like, you. <laughs> you ride bikes, you ride motorcycles, and now you're a okay. rock star. And now you want to be a rock star. What's next? <laughs> 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 I think that's awesome. I mean, you don't, uh, you, Rishab, leave, you don't have to be that cool. You're already cool. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks a lot, Susie. That means a lot. Uh, what do I want to do next? Uh, I. I don't know if I'll be able to get to it, but uh, as I said, reality will be better than your dreams. I really want to open up a restaurant because I like to cook. Um, and I want to do stand-up comedy at some point nice. because I think I have a lot of content from life in general, you know? And and I I never shy away from making a fool of myself. And I don't feel bad about it. I think that's the main ingredient for stand-up comedy. 
uh, I don't need a third person to make fun of. I think I can make fun of myself and make people laugh and, you know, make them relate to it. So, yeah, maybe that. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, I, I mean, you are in Chicago. You're in, you know, I know, second the city. second city. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> you know, we are the second city here. So why I know. not? You know? Why not? I agree. Um, I agree. How can mm-hmm. people connect with you if they want to stay in oh. touch? Uh, LinkedIn. People connect. Yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I don't know Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, yeah, I mean all the social media networks. Uh, I'm yeah, and much I'll, available. And uh-huh. I will put all of those links on the show notes so that people can see where to find you and how to reach you. Sure, sure, definitely. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much, Rishab, for, for jumping on this call with me and uh, chatting with me. I really Definitely. appreciate you and everything that you do in the community and all the work that you've done. Thank you, Zizi. Completely my pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for having me. No problem. <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Chicago Techies podcast. We really enjoyed talking to Rishab about his career trajectory and obstacles along the way. We especially like the advice that he shared with his younger self about not beating yourself up if you make any mistakes. Because at the end of the day, life goes on. As long as you don't give up on yourself, you'll find a way to make it work. If you enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review on iTunes. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at at Chicago Techies on all social media platforms. Thank you again, and we'll see you in two weeks.